0: Lifeway Audio. You know that feeling you get when something doesn't feel right? Like something is missing? We all have moments that mold us, shape us, sometimes define us. In that moment, you come face to face with impossible pain, you find something unexpected from God. Incredible power. You know the the unimaginable has happened in our in our house. Um, our, fav, um, our favor from God has never been nearer, and yet the pain that we've experienced on this earth has never been more intense. As we have um, seen, God take our our daughter Lyna Avery to heaven this past week, and she is alive at this moment, more alive than she's ever been. She's on a distant shore with Christ, who is still on his throne. And we celebrate her, and we love her, and um, we miss her fiercely. But we love God and trust him, and we trust his plan, and we believe that he does all things well. Welcome to the Bible study for Through the Eyes of a Lion. It is such a privilege to be able to be a part of your story. And through these six weeks, my prayer is that God would use this time together with your group and the time on your own in prayer and going through these scriptures and material to really open up your life to all that God has for you. Specifically, I'm praying that God would help you to see the invisible so that you can do the impossible. Life is difficult there's no getting around that there are trials and there's sickness and pain that we face just the the normal aches and pains of, of growing up situations we get into where we don't really know what to do and that's just when things are going okay and things are going normal there's also the catastrophic stuff that just sneaks up and there's really no way to prepare for it Jesus talked in Matthew chapter 7 about what we can do though and that is to have our lives built on a solid rock, to have our lives built on a solid foundation. He told that story about those two men that each had built homes, and they both looked good. They both had the Chip and Joanna Gaines, you know, shiplap and all the things that you're supposed to do inside the house to make it look beautiful. Uh, The interior decorator had just done an exquisite job with all the furniture. It It was masterful. Both houses looked the same from the curb. But that's where the similarities ended. Because underneath the house was really where the critical key was made, where one man had built on sand, the other had built on a solid rock. And then storms came the the crisis of difficulty, emergency, suffering, pain, essentially. When those storms came, the house that was built on sand crumbled and disintegrated. Great was its fall, Jesus said. But the man who had built his house wisely on solid rock, though the wind still screamed and howled as it hit the house, the house was still standing after the storm. And that's because of the foundation and its ability to keep something standing, even in the worst storms of this life. Proverbs 10.25 puts that story into sharp contrast when it says that when the whirlwind passes by, the wicked is no more. but The righteous has an everlasting foundation. And That's what God wants to do in your life, to build your life on a rock, to give you that solid foundation. It's not going to mean that you're not going to experience difficulty. It's not going to mean there's not ever going to be a season of unemployment or someone you love... uh, Straying from their faith or just a, a massive difficulty they're going to have to experience. But it means that no matter what you go through in this world, even when it feels like there's a tornado bearing down on you emotionally or spiritually, that you'll still be able to stand in the midst of that difficulty.
1: Uh, Lenya was born September 8th, 2007, so 987, and um, born with a full head of hair.
0: Wild long hair and her personality uh, just poured out and so we nicknamed her Lydia Lyon not knowing Lydia Lyon.
1: It was almost like she was born like ready for anything and just just a spunkiness and a sweetness and um, actually It was, she was a month old when she contracted RSV, which is a respiratory virus. So that was the start of just hardship and heartache and feeding tubes and trying to figure out what she is allergic to and um, what's going on and how we can best help her to thrive. And so, but once she was getting the nutrition that she needed, she was like growing and doing so well. 2012, it personally was a, a beautiful year. I mean, we had our fourth daughter, Clover, going into the Christmas season, going into one of the busiest weeks of our lives with um, leading a church. So the whole week, we were telling the girls, like, uh, it's going to be busy and it's going to be a lot, but Christmas is coming, first of all. Second of all, Friday Family Day is coming and we're gonna go ice skating. We're gonna, um, dad's gonna take Lenya Christmas shopping for her sisters and we're gonna have a fancy uh, Christmas dinner on Friday night. Like, so we had it all planned and it was almost like, let's just, let's make it through this hard stuff and then we'll be together as a family. Thursday comes and just wild, Crazy as usual with four little ones, girls, four little girls. Um, but Levi that day was studying for his Christmas Eve message.
0: My family went to go see a movie, with a with a bunch of friends, and I was gonna go with them, but they had to leave on errands first, and I needed to finish my sermon. And I just finished a workout. Lenya was in the house. She took my shoes off. She's so sweet. She bent down and took my my uh, running shoes off, untied them. I still have those shoes, and. Um, but I don't wear them much. She untied them and I helped them get in the car. And when I looked in the window, she wasn't wearing a coat. And so I was like, Where's your jacket, Lynia? You know, always trying to like make sure the kids have winter clothes on. And uh, yeah, so she, um, I went and got her jacket. She gave me a kiss. And I said goodbye. And that would be the last time I ever saw her alive. Jesus never said he would take away the storm. What he said is he would be an anchor for us in the midst of it and that our anchor would hold and it would be sure and steadfast and hold behind the veil. And there's no such thing as a wireless anchor. They always have a cord. And so I love that we have an anchor and he's holding the other end and he will bring us to where he is. He promised it would be so. Now, it's been my experience that when these storms come, they don't call ahead. And oftentimes, when you're about to go through something difficult, in in, in the days prior to, it can be calm and, and peaceful and, and almost serene. I'm a pretty tightly wound person. I always have an idea of what I want five years from now to look like, and 10 years from now, I have these goals. And you know, if you're into the Enneagram, I'm a three, and so I'm big on achievement and You know, even like with a hike, I like to be the first one at the top of the mountain. So coming down, I can kind of look at all the people still coming up, kind of like, "Mm, you should have woken up early. And, uh, And so for me to come to a place where I'm like, I feel so relaxed is very rare. It actually takes a lot of work. But those words came out of my mouth in December of 2012. We had been working hard to prepare for the holiday season as a family. And I had, of course, a laundry list of things I had to get done as a pastor because the normal holidays that are, are time off for a lot of people are when it's like high season for me because everyone wants to go to a church service at Christmas and Easter and everyone's bringing their aunt and their friends in from out of town and they want the service to be extra encouraging and the music to be extra inspiring and, and the sermon to be good but not too long and funny but not too convicting but not too light and fluffy because we want the meat and so there's always that pressure you face as a, as a pastor even if it's just inside your own head. So I had been preparing this message, and man, I had, I had a good one ready. My wife and I, in the weeks prior, had gone on a little trip to New York to, to see a, a play on Broadway, and I'd been super excited to see this new Spider-Man play that had come out, because U2 had done the music, and supposedly the, the tech behind it was just extra elaborate, where they involved wires that moves the camera around at the Super Bowl, but only it was gonna move Spider-Man around, and I've always been a big Spider-Man fan. And so I was excited about this. We got to a great restaurant and then went to the play. And long story short, it actually wasn't that great of a a play. But walking out that night, I had an epiphany. You see on the marquee right there, just off Times Square, uh, the play that we had just seen, as I looked back and saw it, was called Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark. And seeing those four words, just something hit me like a bolt of lightning. Turn off the dark. What a strange and beautiful phrase. Because normally we think about turning on the light. But whenever you do that, you're also simultaneously turning off darkness. And that's because darkness, scientifically defined, is the absence of light. Therefore, to introduce light into any environment is to expel darkness by definition. And that is exactly what John says Jesus came to do. This is the first chapter of John. In verse 4, it says, in him, this is Jesus, was life, the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. This is exactly what popped into my head as I was looking at those words. I was no longer thinking about Peter Parker, I was no longer thinking about songs and score done by you two. All of a sudden, my mind was just fascinated by this reality that Jesus, in coming into this world at Christmas, was turning on the light, yes, but in so doing, it was turning off the dark. So I couldn't get back to the hotel fast enough as I began to scribble down the outline of what I was going to preach on Christmas Eve at that service in 2012. Jesus turned off the darkness incoming of our loneliness. He turned off the darkness incoming of our despair, of our guilt, And as I began to outline the message, I began to feel really good because having the sermon done is just like for me, like I can finally rest and have peace. And so as the holiday finally eventually showed up, we were now five, six days away from Christmas. I was able to put the fine touches, the finished touches on on the sermon. And, And as we, on Thursday night, went out on a date, I turned to my wife and said, I feel so relaxed. The sermon's done. The gifts have all been wrapped for our daughters and uh, we can enjoy the holidays now for a little bit. And That is exactly, as I said those words, I feel so relaxed right now, when the bottom of our life
1: fell out. It was, it was just so peaceful, because it was like, okay, it's Thursday night, we just had our date night, and we're going to pick up our kids, and there's just been so much anticipation for a day together as a family. And so we drive up to my mom's house, And Levi even said, I just feel so relaxed right now. And so we pulled up and my brother runs out and says, "Um, uh, Jenny, Lenya really wants you. She's um, not taking her medication right now. And so basically what what that meant was she's not taking her asthma medication. And I walked in and I saw Lenya sitting on the counter and my mom was trying to help her, give her her treatment and she just wasn't taking it, and so I come up to her and I'm like, Lenny, you gotta take this. And Lenny looked at me and then she just passed out on the, the kitchen counter and Levi runs in and immediately uh, goes into action. I mean, he's he says, call 911, he starts doing CPR.
0: I remember that night very vividly and it still triggers me to hear a siren you know, coming up on me on a freeway, like it just me back to that.
1: Meanwhile, I'm just praying, and I'm like, God, help us. And I'm like, Lenya, it's going to be OK. And I'm talking to her. And I'm like, Lenya, it's going to be OK. And um, and then the paramedics came, and Levi went with Lenya in the ambulance. Um, and my brother drives me to the hospital. And I get, I run in and uh, meet Levi in, in the little waiting room. And we're just praying. and. Um, just it's just so shocking like okay we're in the emergency room right now just 20 minutes ago we were in the car saying how relaxed we are ready for family day what the heck is going on but then all of a sudden the doctor comes in and um, and tells us those words that you never want to hear I'm so sorry mr. and mrs. Lusco. there's nothing more that we can do and so we're just in shock And he even said, he was like, do you want us to still be working on her when you come in so that you can see what's going on? And we're like, I don't think so. We don't know. So we walk into this room and Lenya's laying there on the stretcher. and, And I just remember just not even knowing, just not even knowing like what to think or what to pray or what to do. And we stood there next to her and um, just started weeping. And Levi held one of her hands.
0: I I grabbed Jenny's hand, I grabbed Linnea's hand, and I think Jenny grabbed her other hand and, and I, We just found ourselves saying what Job said. God, you gave her to us, you take away, but your your name's still blessed. And I felt angry and confused and bewildered, but I also felt sure that it was gonna be okay.
1: As time was passing and um, we just raised our hands and we said, God, you give, you take away, blessed be your name, and God, you gave us Lenya. And so we give her back to you. And um, it was just a cry of, like, desperation. But those were the words that came out because we knew that Lenya was a gift to us in the first place. And she was a, it was an honor to get to be a parent to her and to teach her and train her for the little bit that we had.
0: Far from being just pretty and warming and special, light is powerful. Light literally turns off the dark.
1: I think all of a sudden we're we're in in my car and Levi, we look back and Lenya's car seats empty. And I just remembered like, because Fresh Life Christmas was coming up, we were always inviting people to church. We were always inviting people. I mean, that whole week we were inviting people to Fresh Life Christmas because we were so excited. The night before we took a picture in front of a billboard sign that said Fresh Life Christmas, and Lenya and Livy were um, like pointing to it, like so excited. And we found later that Lenya in her little gray purse had her little Bible and a bunch of Fresh Life Christmas invitations. And so I don't know what I was thinking, but I was like, Levi, we need to invite those people.
0: At that moment, my wife said, Levi, you need to go back in that hospital because you forgot to invite those people to church. Now, I turned to my wife, Jenny, and just thought to myself, who are you? How are you thinking of this in this moment? And she said to me, Well, Linya would want you to invite these people to church. Aren't you preaching? Didn't you write a sermon today for, for Christmas? And and all of a sudden I, I remembered everything about that day, the turning off the dark and loneliness and grief and fear and all those things. But it hit me. There was something else that Jesus' coming turned off. And that is the darkness of death. And so I took the invitations my wife had just handed me and I went back into the hospital. And invited some of the staff there in the emergency room to come to our services and just a few days later before we even had the chance to have our daughter's funeral we had a christmas eve worship service and i preached a message called turn off the dark
1: and i remember standing there in worship um, just overwhelmed by god's presence and honestly that was such a comfort like being able to be with god's people and being able to worship him together, like, there was, it was, was, there was such a nearness to heaven and such a, a relief while worshiping God together. And I just remember standing there and watching Levi walk up to the stage and walk up to the podium, and I'm like, God, help him.
0: The power of the gospel message is not just that Jesus died for you. It's that he rose from the dead that the grave couldn't hold him down. And three days after he was buried, he rose from the tomb and he's alive today and he lives evermore. And he said, if you believe in me, I am the resurrection and the life. And though you
1: die, yet you will live. And he who lives and believes in me will never die. I'm just, I'm in awe of his strength. I'm in awe of God's goodness. I'm in awe of how God Um, sustained us in those days.
0: Several people that we had had the chance to invite that night ended up coming to church and, and making faith decisions and were impacted by what happened that night. It was a special privilege to be a part of. And here's the point point is, we had no idea that difficulty was coming. But in trusting in Jesus, in walking with him, we were equipped when the darkness came to remain standing in the midst of the pain and the hardship of life. And that's exactly what God wants for you. He doesn't promise a pain-free life, but he does promise to use every single thing we face, every hardship we go through to build us up And He wants to do work in our lives so that we're still standing and worshiping and thriving and not destroyed by the hardships that we face. And if you've never made a faith decision, first of all, to trust Jesus as your Savior, I believe this is the perfect time, the perfect day, and perhaps the very reason that your friend invited you to come to this study. You might have thought, well, I'll check it out, I'll come, but... But I believe God's Holy Spirit is even now in this moment doing deep work in your heart and wanting to change your life and wanting you to do the right things and and build up the right sort of habits and decisions and rhythms in your life so that the hardship that's coming for you tomorrow or next year or a decade from now will not destroy you, but will deepen you. LifeWay Audio.